0: Hi and welcome to There Will Be A Test. I'm your host, Dave Thornton. Today our panellists are Nath Valvo, Dave O'Neill and Joe Stanley. And our experts are Sean Dooley, Professor Kate Burridge, and Dr. Susie Sheehy. In this show, we take high concept science into the kitchen and learn more about the food reheating habits of our panellists than we ever wanted to know. Hope you enjoy it. Welcome to There Will Be A Test, the podcast that brings leading experts and academics together with some of Australia's funniest people. I'm your host, Dave Thornton, and I'd say I'm an expert in word pronunciation. I'm impeccable. Oh, don't worry about it. Anyway, on today's show, our specialist topics are an Australian native animal, some accelerated science and linguistic origins. This be interesting. And as always, our panel needs to pay attention because, as the title of the show suggests, there will be a test. So we might as well meet our
1: panel. G'day. I'm Nate Thalvo, I'm a stand-up comedian by trade. My expert area is men and Kylie Minogue. Any questions?
2: <laughs> are they like together, the men and the Kylie well, Minogue? Most of like, the time
1: they are, yeah, yes. Like it's men that
2: Kylie Minogue has been with?
1: Oh no, men in general. <laughs> men that I've been with, I'm definitely
2: an expert on. <laughs> and Kylie, two separate things. Okay. I'm Joe Stanley. I am a TV presenter, radio presenter by trade, I guess. Uh, and a thing that I have never, ever been able to grapple, my brain cannot grasp it, is time travel. Oh! Mm. So anytime time you see it in a movie mm-hmm. or a TV show... You're out. My brain just... And my husband now just looks at me and goes, do you want me to explain it? And I'm like, no, nah, I'm going to go to sleep. That's <laughs> basically it. That's my response. Doesn't matter what it is. Doesn't matter whether it's that stupid... Back to the Future or Rick and Morty, forget it. Doctor Who. I don't even oh. know. Doctor Who, no
3: way. Mm. No chance. Mm. Uh, my name's Dave O'Neill. I'm a comedian. I'm an expert on what schools people went to. And <laughs> <laughs> Kyle Ka- Minogue went to Campbell High. <laughs> <laughs> Nath Falver went to Parade College. I sure did. Who else went to Parade College? Uh, 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 Peter Hellyer went to Parade College. Mm. Damien oh. Kellerman went oh. to Parade College. Oh, wow. Uh, Dave Thornton went to Belmont High. My <laughs> wife went to Belmont High. <laughs> and Joe Stanley. I- Northern Suburbs. Private school in Melbourne I don't come in Which one? Not ah, our no ladies That's not
2: No a... Northern suburbs Grew up and lived But went Eastern suburbs Private oh, okay. school Which
3: one? I better write it down on my...
2: Strathcona Baptist oh, Girls Strathcona. Grammar School Strathcona I don't know
3: anyone Who went to Strathcona oh, No you do No I don't know one okay. Will this be
2: on the test?
0: <laughs> I, I can genuinely say In the Venn diagram of interest There is no crossover Between the three of you Well we might as well Meet our expert I'd like to welcome from the University of Melbourne and the University of Oxford, Senior Lecturer in Medical Accelerator Physics. Welcome, Dr. Susie Sheehy.
4: Thank you very much. It's nice to be here.
0: Thanks for coming in. I'm looking across at all the (laughs) blank expressions on these comedians' faces, Susie. You sure you're going to impart knowledge on these guys?
4: Can't promise it, but you can ask me anything. (laughs) What what, what
0: is the area again? Can you repeat that bit? (laughs) Yeah. What is it? Medical Accelerator Physics. Yep. Oh, wow. What does that mean? You could
4: just say Accelerator Physics. So what I do... Oh, God, there's egg on my face. <laughs> no, it's fine.
0: <laughs> what I do is
4: design machines which take the smallest constituents of nature, so subatomic particles, yeah. and make them go faster. That's oh, I get it. Ah, yeah.
3: Yeah. <laughs> like a train for small particles that goes fast.
4: Yeah, yeah kind of, but much, much, much faster than that.
3: Whoa. She seems
1: a bit offended by your little analogy there, yeah, Dave. Fair <laughs> enough.
4: Trains are pretty slow, you so know? like even the True. very fast
2: train when that happens, like Sydney to Melbourne, that faster than that, a very fast. So <laughs> that that goes at
4: what's, what's that, like three hundred kilometers an hour, yeah. Whereas some... these got three hundred million meters per second.
3: How do you make it go that fast?
4: It's an electromagnetic wave, so kind of oh. like light, but we trap it in a cavity like your microwave does, and then we send these subatomic particles through, and as they go through, the, the wave. Transmits energy to them and they get faster.
1: Can I well, just ask a question? What's they? What are you talking about? Yeah, what are sub. <laughs> what are you, yeah, are you, you, made, you made them go quick. Mm. What's them?
4: So if you break down everything around you, you know, the table, you, the air, everything, mm. um, into its constituents, you get down to the level of atoms, right? Where different atoms have different properties. If you then, so you can either take those, that's one of the them, or mm-hmm. um, or we can even get down to the particles inside atoms. So protons, um, and electrons usually.
1: Oh. I do remember protons and from electrons science. from year 10 yeah. science. So guys, we're off to a good start.
3: Do you, do you have anything to do with the synchrotron out at?
4: A little bit. Yeah. I know the guys out there who work in, in my field.
3: That's yep. a, I've done a gig for them. Well, That's what? how I know. <laughs> it's a, it's a big as a football field and it's yes, a,
4: it's a big ring of magnets mostly. Mm. Um, and it's an electron accelerator. Um, and then they use the electrons to, to wibble them around and generate light and then users use that light for all kinds of different research. Is wibble an official term? Because I, I like wibble. I've never heard that will We'll call it an official term, yeah, yeah. No, the actual the genuine name of the device that does that is called a wiggler. Oh, wow. oh I've got one of those. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what's, the one in Gen- what's the one in
3: Geneva? That's similar. other Hadron is that Hadron Collider. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So
4: that's also a type of machine called a synchrotron. Um, oh. And and it's That's the a large huge one, though, ladder. isn't it? Yeah, large it's 27, twenty-seven kilometers in circumference, you um, And it's also the world's largest refrigerator.
1: Oh, oh! Hey. oh. Did oh. Did Someone that works there just invent that one
4: day. <laughs>
2: I, I can tell you the amount of times I've had house parties, and I'm like, "What
4: I need this is a it- 27 <laughs>
2: kilometre fridge <laughs> and these beers." Are you guys jealous of that? Collider? Unfortunately, you'd
4: freeze your beer because it's at minus 271 uh, degrees Celsius.
0: If I got some cold ones, there's half a marathon for you, and then you'll get the beers. <laughs>
1: I remember reading it was going to so possibly end the world if That's they got right. it wrong. And what I wanted to know is, was that. Real? Do we get close to maybe blowing up the world?
4: Actually, it's really interesting in terms of a phenomenon. It happens when we build every new big collider, but they're so few and far between that people forget. The media went mad about this same thing last time. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's actually like a interesting. It's like the Y two K
1: bug. It's a, yeah, it's a
4: hype. but actually, you know, the energy of the beam in the Large Hadron Collider, there are actually particles that are coming from outer space, which are many, many times more energetic than that. Um, like millions of times more energetic. Cosmic rays, they're called.
1: So my question is then, what is the most dangerous thing that could happen at one of these uh, places where you're throwing your bits together? What's like one of the coolest things that could happen if it went wrong?
4: I should say we're very careful with safety. Of course. But- <laughs> the, the Large Hadron Collider blew up in its first year of operation um, because of a, a disconnection between some pieces of superconducting wire and it transmitted so much energy from the magnets that it blew up and like 200 meters of these huge magnets were like shifted about and destroyed and they had to shut it down for a year to replace it there was no release of radiation or anything like that we're pretty well controlled with you know there's radiation when the machines on but when you turn them off you wait a little while and then you can go wow. in again
0: i just wait for it to cool down like a microwave like you give it a couple of seconds before you open the door
4: <laughs> what i mean i that, do that do you do you not oh. should i
3: jeez <laughs> Have you got your affairs in order?
4: <laughs> I mean, I glow
2: in the dark. I thought everyone
3: does that. Oh, I don't own a microwave. I reckon the jury's still out on that stuff. I don't are know. you bit, serious? My parents don't know one either. No, we're like Amish. We don't. I reckon. <laughs> uh, how does it heat up that food? I don't know. But
1: you just said how does that warm up the food. Yeah, I think so we have someone here that could Dave.
4: answer that
3: question. <laughs> it moves the particles around, doesn't it? Is that right? Yeah, or, no, it's yeah. it's
4: literally almost the same process. Yeah. So it, So microwaves work in the gigahertz range of electromagnetic waves. Electromagnetic waves are just light. Um, so mm-hmm. there's nothing to be afraid of oh. and it literally just vibrates the, p- the particles and when particles are vibrating, that translates to heat. So wow. you all product. just went like this together,
2: wow. right? Yeah. You would heat up the room and it in it, you
4: see? This wow. is a non-visual <laughs> program, but she's wobbling around yeah. like a particle. Yeah. Oh, wibbling.
3: She's, she's wibbling. wibbling. She's wibbling a wibble. You just explain it better than anyone ever has yeah. to me?
4: So hang on. Maybe
3: I'll get one. Another another microwave question.
1: <laughs> I'm not on commission, is. I promise. Yeah. <laughs> how come when I put some food in the microwave, how come some parts are hotter than others when it comes out of the microwave?
4: Ooh. Oh, so that's a really good question. So in any of these cavity, structures like a microwave, um, the waves normally set up what are called standing waves. Um, and so that means that you actually have parts where the wave's wobbling up and down a lot and parts where it's stiller. So they're called hot and cold spots.
1: Sometimes, Dave O'Neill, <laughs> you throw your wheat bix in the microwave and uh-huh. you get it out and, mm. the, and the edges are boiling but the middle's yeah. still cold and so you've like, got to give it a yeah, good yeah. stir. Yeah. That's well, why they have it.
4: the rotating plate as well. Yeah. Sometimes, yeah. But like ah. it's, sometimes
2: it's lava in yeah. one part and, and Antarctic. Can I'm you fix that? Right.
1: Can you make a microwave where that doesn't happen?
4: No, it's below my pay grade. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. Good you know
0: what I really like about this show is we get someone in who studied at Oxford and Melbourne University
3: and we're like, what about our weepings? What about our, how do we work that out? The
4: important things in life, yeah. yeah.
3: How, how did you get interested in this area?
4: So, yeah, so I, I started out interested in how – the universe works at a very fundamental level because I wanted to sort of figure out how everything works. My sister's a philosopher, so we kind of both went oh. down that, that track. So I kind of landed on particle physics going, oh, if I only understand how this works, I'll understand how everything works because everything's built up from connections between particles. Oh.
3: Did you grow up in a house, sorry, that was very academic or where they had a lot of uh, discussions? That was mum and dad... Academics or a little bit, yeah. doctors I mean, my, or something?
4: N- not academics, no. not doctors. No. Um, my dad was a maths teacher for a while. Oh, yeah. Um, yep. We used to get asked maths questions on Christmas morning to get our <laughs> presents. Oh,
2: God, that seems That's fun. one way to
4: That it. is child abuse. Um, <laughs> so, how many people are doing what you do? Is it super specialised? So, there's about. At the big conference in the field, there's about 1,500 people in That sounds in like the a good time. Field. <laughs> At
1: that conference. Right? Smashing some mountains together. <laughs> Sorry.
4: Um,
0: <laughs>
2: you know that collider? No that
4: you know that? I'll move on. So what are you working on at the moment that is going to change the world? So so what I design is cancer treatment accelerators mm. for two uses. One is mostly for developing countries where they don't have many of those machines. And the other one is for a new type of cancer treatment using charged particles themselves like protons or carbon ions, which Australia doesn't have yet. It's called um, particle therapy, but we're getting it.
3: it Can I just say, case. you've got the job. I think we all agree. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You've passed the test. No, do we, get, we get the test. Well, Susie, thank you so much
2: for
0: joining us. Do you guys now feel smarter listening to yeah. Susie?
2: I'm deeply inspired, and thank you, Dr Susie, for what you're doing for women in science as well. Good
0: people eating wheat so thank you so much. <laughs> oh, what school did you go to? <laughs> Our second expert is Professor of Linguistics from Monash University, Cape Burridge. Kate, what are you talking about today?
5: Uh, pirate speak, actually.
0: Oh, wow. <gasps> pirate speak, yes. Before we all do our bad impersonations of pirate, pirate. speak, which I think Joe <laughs> Stanley has lost never. her mind about. <laughs> oh,
2: because I didn't know it was a real thing other than every the best, you know, dad's jokes around, mm. which can I share? My yeah, favorite, go on. Which please. is related to a pirate. Because Please pirate, do. A pirate walks into a bar and the barman says, you know, there's a steering wheel down your pants and he says, aye, and it's driving me nuts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. Like is it. that why you
5: studied what you studied, <laughs> for bangers like that?
3: So Pirate Speak, it's real, is it?
5: Well, it exists. You certainly hear it a lot on television. and
3: Well, the Pirates of the Caribbean made
5: it. Yes, Pirates of the Caribbean, Pirates of Penzance, Pirates Long John it? Silver, Blackbeard. They're the ones that kind of set the pirate brand, really.
2: So, so when you're studying pirate speak, do you mean in in a literary context or in just wherever it appears? Well, it's just kind of <laughs> as it appears really, I suppose, in Disney and, and as it
5: does now. I mean, mm. pirates really would have spoken all sorts of different accents. Mm. Uh, there would have been a real mishmash on board the boat, but there's something that's been passed down to us that uh, sounds actually like West Country. Oh. So West Country, what's... So that's this kind of southeast part of England. Mm. Like Cornwall, Devon, Dorset. They put the R in pirate. Like, yeah. so that R. The R, that, the piratical R, yeah. West Country is a, what they call an R-full dialect. I mean, an awful dialect, but an R-full. So uh-huh. our, the dialect we speak is R-less. We don't have an R in hearty, for example, but they have, you know, already, of course, drop the H's. There's a lot of H dropping and G dropping in, uh, in Ooh, West Country accent. and mm. also in, uh, in um, pirate speak. So what's come down to us is because of the actor Robert Newton who was a West Country man and when he took the role in the 1950s uh, as Long John Silver and Blackbeard oh. and so that became the kind of pirate brand a bit like the skull and crossbones, which also then became associated with pirates, to remind us of death and how how nice. briefly we are on this, oh, on so, this mortal coil. So, p- pirates <laughs> were like the first emos, <laughs> <laughs> going around with their hair dyed
1: black, ignoring mum and dad. Yeah, I get it. Eye
3: patches.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so
0: now everything is just a photocopy of a photocopy. Because of that now, every pirate in media is basically, yeah.
3: Well, well it
5: doesn't sound right, does it, if you get a pirate that doesn't say rd's" and you know splice them. Mean Bruce, yeah.
3: <laughs> so. well, it was like Vikings didn't have horns on their helmets, but that was in a famous opera. So they, they, from that point on, was yes. every Viking had a horn. That's right. It on becomes a stereotype, yeah. and then
5: those poor old West Country people, you know, they really suffer, and they've been trying to kind of slough off the pirate mm. brand. I think because it makes them sound a bit like I don't know carrot crunching yeah. yokels or something like. Is, that.
1: Okay, because I'm very, very, very bad at history. That's by far probably the thing I'm the worst at. So. Is there a particular time where pirates, like, did rule? When it was like most pirates ever existed was when?
5: The golden age of piracy is taken to be sort of 17th, 18th century. Okay. The Caribbean.
3: They are around the Caribbean a lot. Yeah, they,
5: they were all over the place. Whether they were shrewd businessmen or, you know, plundering lunatics is not quite clear.
2: And did they all wear <laughs> eyeliner like Johnny Depp? Yeah.
3: <laughs> not quite as pretty as him. It's interesting because some of the words we use to this day like slush fund comes from the pirate days.
2: What?
5: Well, sailor slang, basically. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or just a naval slang, too. Uh, you know, Taken aback or by and large, ship shape, all of junk. Junk was originally old rope and then became, mm. you know, nasty bits of dry Oh, port. Dave O'Neill <laughs> does old rope all the
1: time. <laughs> yeah,
3: come, come and see me anytime time you'll see my old rope. From, to, to work, get money for my slush fund. <laughs> But there are a lot of words we use that are pirate words. You know, well, English has plain. something like
5: 2,000 words for drunkenness and a lot of them actually come from sailor's slang. Yeah. Yeah, so even something like guzzle guts or, oh. you know, keeling over, mm. three sheets in the wind or to the wind now and more usually in modern English. But, yeah, they w- come why from… Why is it
0: three sheets to the wind? I've always wondered that.
5: Why? Yeah, we think of sheets as being bits of material. But, in fact, the sheets were originally the rope or chains holding down the sails. Mm. And when they became loose, of course, they flapped around and uh, they probably then resembled a, a you know, a tottering, a sailor. drunk Nate. Jack Tarr, yeah. <laughs> Can I ask you what your
1: favourite pirate swear word is? Do you have one?
5: Wow, well, favourite swear word. I love their oaths, you know, the shiver me timbers kind yeah, of. Yeah, right. Yeah, drat, rats, gore blimey. Oh. There are a whole lot of those, but they were around. There were bucket loads of those in early days anyway, so it's pretty hard to know whether they're confined to to sailor slang, but certainly dash my timbers or shiver my timbers mm. Mm. <laughs>
0: What does that mean? Yeah, it's weird, isn't
5: it? Yeah, uh, Shiver was probably to dash to pieces, um, or, or spl- split asunder. Yeah. There's also the shiver as in, um, you know, to be, be cold. The thing about successful slang is that they're usually mongrels, so I think this is a mongrel as well. Probably meant both, coinciding. And the timbers were either the hull of the boat or timber could also be the wooden leg. So oh, you're either calling uh. upon God to sort of dash the wooden leg into billion bits, or the hull of the boat. But I have it on good authority too that the hull going into a big swell also shakes, you know, so the whole whole boat does shiver.
2: What do you do with this knowledge?
5: (laughs) Well, I I actually look at early stages of English and changes in English and I'm actually fascinated by grammatical change, but. Okay. Yeah. And, and look, pirate speaker has interesting grammar. I, I, I be, I, I, oh, sorry, oi, oi be happy. You know, yes. they, there's the B across the board there.
2: Is mm. that not now what we're seeing in text language? <laughs> yes. Good point. <laughs> How do you, you
5: feel about emoticons, Kate? How do I feel about emoticons? All right. Yes, it's just a, a jargon really of its mm. own. It's, a, it's It adds the bit of, you know, the spice that's not in there in written language that's in there in spoken. He
2: needs to tell you what the eggplant means. <laughs> oh, <Sorry>. yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes that's for very horny pirates, that one. Most <laughs> 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 of the word this,
5: from what I could tell.
2: Well, is your favourite day the world speak like a pirate day?
5: Yes, September the 19th. Um, <laughs> and why not? I mean, we have World Salami Day and International Grenache exactly. Day. Hang
1: on. There's World Salami. Salami Day. There is. I'm not sure when it is. (laughs) I don't know if you're teasing me for being gay or Italian there, Joe Stanley. I'm going to let both of them
5: slide and move on.
0: But you will be hearing from his lawyers.
5: (laughs) It's interesting. You know, they've reconstructed Shakespeare's language and to, whenever they do Shakespeare in original pronunciation, it sounds awfully like pirates speak to me. So oh. you know, shall I compare thee to a summer's day? You know, it's really <laughs> Shakespeare really, was a drunk <laughs> pirate. You've heard
1: it here first. Romeo, get
5: out here, Romeo. <laughs> <laughs> they <Though laughs> are more lovely.
0: Okay, <laughs> well, thank you so much. Really appreciate that. You've dropped in to see these scallywags across here. (laughs) Scumbuckets here. Scumbuckets. Did Dave Dave Fulton
1: just offend (laughs) your work with that accent?
0: I'm keeping it alive, mate. I'm repping, yeah? (laughs) Our next expert is former editor of Birdlife Magazine and is currently their National Public Affairs Manager. But to us, he's Australia's Chief Bird Nerd, Sean Dooley. <laughs> Dooley, thanks for coming in.
6: Thank you, thank you, and I'm I'm glad you addressed me by my official title, Chief Bird Nerd. I'm owning it.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, you're known as the Bird Man too. I've heard I've been on radio with you before. True.
6: I think anyone who's got. Any vague interest in birds ends up getting called the birdman or the, yeah. or the bird lady or whatever.
0: Yes. I do like it. Public affairs manager too.
6: Yes. So if you have a need a public affair managed, I'm, I'm right there. <laughs> but about birds, not <laughs>
0: anything else. Just birds. So
6: specifically, what are you going to talk about today? I'm going to talk about one of the most interesting birds in the world, the Australian magpie. Yes.
3: Oh, because you, yes. you're a
6: magpie
2: supporter. I am. A magpie. Magpie supporter, but Same. I come from a big family of magpie lovers, as in the bird, and it's actually the only bird I like. All uh-huh. other birds, particularly Indian miners, they can
3: be creepy. I, I hate them <laughs> yeah. so much.
2: But the magpie. So my family, we've grown up having pet magpies yeah. in our yard my all pet the time. Yeah, they come back because yes, yeah, if you feed them, they become very tame. And it's been my yeah. it's been my lifelong devotion magpies that I think is the reason I've never ever been swooped.
6: It is. I can, I can back that up with scientific studies. Because they have
2: a memory, don't they?
6: They do. Magpies can remember up to a hundred different human faces. That sounds
1: like a threat, by the way. (laughs) That sounds like the opening dialogue to a scary movie. Absolutely.
6: (laughs) And, and if you, the only proven way never to get swooped by a particular magpie is if you feed it because then
3: it knows uh, you're a friend. My, my wife's but. been saying this because we have some in the backyard and she goes, I'm feeding them so they yeah. remember. So that's yeah. true.
2: It is true. I think they do talk. I know that sounds crazy. But oh, they, oh, they 4.30 every morning. I'm I hear pretty them. pretty sure no matter where I go, I always look them in the eye and say, hello, magpie, and have a little chat mm. and they never, ever swoop me. My yeah.
1: question is why do they swoop? A lot of people
6: say it's – because they're hepped up on testosterone come springtime, which is not actually the case, but they only swoop in spring and it's only the male birds that swoop. And even then, of all the male magpies, only 10% on average swoop. Although, interestingly, the studies show more magpies swoop in Canberra than any other city. (laughs) Here we go. Yeah, their faces you can't trust. I love those magpies,
2: those ones in Canberra. And (laughs) less
6: magpies in Tassie swoop. The, the Tasmanian birders are so cocky, they're going, yeah, our magpies are cool. Is they? it a defensive thing? <laughs> Is that why
3: they're swooping? Is that why they're defending their nest or something? Yeah, or it's because it's they're
6: being good parents. They, okay. uh, they only swoop during the time when, when there's either eggs in the nest or the young are still in the nest. Okay. They almost always stop swooping as soon as the young are out of the nest and can fend for themselves. Although, okay. I, I, used to not get swooped and in the last two years I got swooped twice and I was going don't you know who I am (laughs) public affairs I'm friends with Joe
1: Stanley haven't you talked (laughs) I
0: I could ruin your reputation
1: (laughs) right now when I see people look ridiculous in my area riding around in spring with a helmet on and attached to the helmet all sorts of whizzle wazzle bloody (laughs) ice cream sticks and all these weird shit coming off their helmet to keep the magpie away does that work uh,
6: no, there's no foolproof method because you can put eyes on the back of your oh, um, I've seen that, yeah. uh, helmet, which supposedly, if you're looking at the magpie, it won't swoop you, but it doesn't work for all magpies. And they, they are pretty smart and they soon work out that's an ice cream container with eyes painted on it. So they, <laughs> <laughs> they still go. Yeah. And the magpies have incredible memories. And like um, you were saying, Nate, about that sounds scary, like if you get swooped by a magpie, chances are it is personal <laughs> it's oh actually gone. It, it, for oh some God. reason it's gone, you're a threat and I'm never going to forget what you've done. And it might just be you just walk past where their nest is and look up into the tree and you don't know there's a nest there. Ow. But the magpie's sitting on the nest going, that guy's looking at me. He again. wants my babies. And he, like he will remember yeah. that. Do they mate
3: for life, magpies, or they get around?
6: Uh I can answer yes to both those questions. They do tend to mate for life.
3: They're poly. There is divorce,
6: (laughs) but they're dirty little buggers and they have a, a lot on the side oh, um, yeah. they're called socially monogamous so they'll pair up for life and defend a territory but they go out and they have a bit of nookie on the side and, and it seems the studies show we didn't know this until we had DNA studies mm-hmm. and Perth is the king of the magpie swingers
1: swingers, <laughs> swingers capital
0: of the magpie me. world
6: you've got
1: nothing else to do uh, there there was a, you a said you were doing FIFO work <laughs> 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 literally the FIFO workers of Perth <laughs> the, a horny magpies, 80% yeah. 80, 80 well, of,
6: of chicks weren't fathered by the father in the pair. Ooh. So that is a lot of... Well, that's what he
5: said anyway. Dules, yeah.
0: <laughs> before you go, magpies in Australia aren't related at all to magpies in Europe. No, no, exactly. It's
6: it's a bit of a bugbear. The The British settlers got here and they, they just... and rather than listen to Indigenous people on all sorts of things, they also didn't listen to what the names of the birds were. So they just looked at a bird and went, that's black and white. We've got a roughly black and white bird in in England called a magpie, so we'll call it a magpie. And they're not related at all. The magpies in England and Europe are the um, black-billed or European magpie, and they are members of the crow family. And the magpies in Australia look a bit like a crow, but they're actually a member of a family of birds only found in Australia, and New Guinea, this really ancient family. It has birds like the butcher bird and the currawong and also these birds called wood swallows, which look more like swallows than magpies, but they're actually all related. And it's a bit of a bugbear of mine because we get all of this mythology from... Um, about magpies, but it's all imported from England. So the whole thing, you probably heard the phrase, you know, the thieving magpie and all that mm-hmm. sort of stuff, which gets lumbered on ours because the magpies in England steal shiny objects and things, but, and, and use them to decorate their nest or whatever. But Australian magpies don't really do that, but basically. They're off getting yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I, don't I don't have, have time for the weekend. I don't have time for that commandment. I've, I've <laughs> got to break the earlier
0: ones. <laughs> Joe will be interested in this because I know you go for the Collingwood football team. Do you know the the Latin uh, phrase that yes. Collingwood uses?
2: Floria Pika, may the magpie flourish.
0: But, oh, absolutely. Huh? That is right.
6: <laughs> that is so right. However, this is getting back to that Magpies from England. That is the English magpie, the pika. The English magpie is called the pika pika mm. and that's its scientific name whereas the Australian magpie is the Cracticus tibison mm. and uh, it sounds like a Rolf Harris song, isn't it? King Cracticus. <laughs> they, um, actually, I've just gone off them. Um, <laughs> but they, but it really it, it just... Really gets me that we have, you know, especially we've got a president who's a Republican and he refuses to answer my emails where I say, dear Eddie, please <laughs> so change it. Be, it, to, it should be
2: Floriat Cracker.
6: Floriat Cracticus. Long crack-ticus. live the Aussie, long mm. flourish the Australian magpie. Yeah,
2: long, long may they flourish.
6: Well, Dools, well, thanks for that, mate. Thanks That's all right. Oh, you know, anytime, love, love oh, love. I've got one more
2: question. Um, how are you at parties? Do people like sitting next to you at a party?
6: Well, I like to think unique among bird nerds is I actually uh, can talk about other things. But
1: <laughs> we're not, not interested. Yeah, not, but then
6: these days it's turned around. Since I've become known as the Birdman, I actually get people approaching me at parties. Going, Rumour is you're the Birdman. <laughs> it's like that's how I meet all my uh, all my potential partners.
3: Oh, you're like a Perth magpie. Yeah, <laughs> that's it.
0: Well, Doolz is our last expert, guys, so now we've got the test. Do you feel confident? No. no. Okay, this is going to work out really well.
3: No matter what
1: question you ask, I'll just be thinking about horny magpies <laughs> the whole
0: time. Hi. Sorry to interrupt the podcast at this crucial time, oh, just before the test, but I have a quick and important message. A lot has happened around the world since we recorded this episode. At the time of recording, the comedians on this panel had their Melbourne International Comedy Festival shows on the horizon. Unfortunately, it was all cancelled due to COVID-19, which means a major source of their annual income has completely disappeared. On top of this, because of the nature of their work and employment status, comedians don't easily meet the criteria of any of the government bailouts. And if you consider the blood, sweat and tears that go into writing a new show, it all becomes, well, almost too much. But there is something you can do. The comedy festivals come up with a clever way to help them out. So pause this podcast right now. Go to comedyfestival.com.au, click on the donation buttons and follow the instructions. It's really easy. You can donate directly to the individual comedians on this episode. Search for Nate Velvo and Dave O'Neill. Thanks for that. I know they'll really appreciate it. Now back to the podcast. Oh, and of course, that very exciting test. Here we go. What do particle accelerators do? Yes. Joe?
2: Well, they speed up particles. They accelerate the <sighs> particles because it's a particle accelerator. Well <laughs> done. you see what I did? Yeah, You've you actually smiled. nailed it. Oh
0: do you know what speed they accelerate to for an extra point? Um,
2: 300 million meters per second.
0: That's exactly it. In microwave cooking, how is heat created?
2: Oh,
3: Dave, uh, it's uh, I still don't know. It's by it's no, it's sound waves, light waves. It's light waves, What's not sound.
2: Important for you to know is that it's safe and it's time for you to enter the twenty first century. Yeah, Dave. I don't have a microwave. This whole show <laughs> is an intervention for you to get a microwave.
3: Your kids mailed in.
2: I can't and cooking without how did you how are you a student without a microwave how do you have two
3: minute noodles do you it's use a so stove two, top don't have two minute noodles no, sorry. Oh,
1: oh, no. sorry 1% wait,
2: how do you heat up how do you heat up leftovers in a saucepan like on the on the stove, on the
3: stove. Oh, man i know do you, well,
2: do you use firewood instead of I gas
3: <laughs> 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 well amish go raise a barn we churn butter <laughs> is, is anyone else got an answer oh, anyone else
2: ah was um well
0: how is heat created?
2: It's the particles all oh, jiggling that's around. Right, they move together. Together? I think that joe's dancing. A lot Excuse of vibration me, hang on, hang in on. the. Vibration
1: on. is exactly right, Joe's <laughs> dancing. Excuse Standby me. I it. think the correct answer is you just press go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's how you warm your food up, mate. 15 or 30 seconds, Dave. You wouldn't know this. It's microwave references. Here's
2: a question. Do you ever, because I can't ever let it go to the ding. No one goes to the ding. I always have to push the thing open before it dings. I can't can't do the ding.
0: And last question about particle acceleration. (laughs) As well as being the world's biggest particle accelerator, the Large Hadron Collider is also the world's biggest what? Dave.
3: It's the biggest fridge.
0: That's right, refrigerator. Yeah. Correct. Now we're moving down to pirate language.
3: Ooh. Here we go. What region
0: of England does pirate speak come from? Uh, Dave? Oh, no,
3: oh, I rang my thing and i <laughs> <laughs> I know it. I know the West, Ah, oh, the Dark West, the West region, Dorset. And that, oh no, what's it officially called? I can't remember. Sorry. No, I'll take All Dorset right. in the West Country. West Country. Maybe. I'll take it. A- a-
2: is that near the West End? No. It's the only part of London? No.
1: Really. no, no. Oh, no. They don't go R. Ah, they
0: go. Just-
2: oh. <laughs> it's a different <laughs> speak.
1: Oh, are you a shark or a jet? Yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> My heart is.
0: All right. Give us an example of a notable feature of West Country language, <laughs> Nate. Shiver me timbers. Well, that's a turn of phrase, but what's yes. specifically when she's talking about linguistics.
1: Oh, uh, the. Uh, Use of the R. Oh. Oh. The, the,
5: the, oh. Thank you. Oh. Very good. Oh. That's 10 points. And also to dropping
0: me. G's at the end of. Yeah. Uh. And no H's. If someone <laughs> shivers your timbers, what has happened?
1: <laughs> Nate. No. The front of your boat's shaking. Now you can take that wherever you want in your own mind, but that's the originality <laughs> of that saying, and that is why I get five points.
2: That's all okay. I remember. Okay. Okay. We're only giving out one point it, here. It's smashing your wooden leg up.
3: There's also that's that as well, That's so another. would have taken either. Yeah. Oh. either well, I was oh.
1: going just back to the point about the front of the ship. Okay.
3: Shaking. Shiver me timbers. Yeah. yeah. Exactly.
0: <laughs> now, we'll finish it out with the Australian magpie. And what percentage of male
3: magpies swoop, <laughs> Nath?
1: 10%. Mm. Correct. Mm. Thank you. <laughs> I've never been swooped. Have you been? I've swooped? been
3: swooped. I was driving to jewellery to do a gig, and I stopped a token ball for a little break and walked along the river, and it was unbelievable. Just came out of nowhere. I just saw some black and white, and then got banged on the head. And then mm. it came back for more. It was really disturbing. Mm. I thought a youth had approached me on a BMX. <laughs> From behind me and a attacked youth. me on how, the river.
2: How funny that that's what you go to first. Like, what what the youth
0: on a BMX. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Who hurt
2: you, Dave?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. A youth. Is that letter to the editor that you just wrote? <laughs> the youth were behind. you. Terrible, <laughs> <laughs> terrible. <laughs> how many faces can magpies recognize? A hundred, up to a hundred. That is correct. Mm. I just want to let you guys know right now, scores are even. Oh my god, there is a lot on this. That's guys. convenient. But Joe's a magpie expert. I'm worried. According to Nath, what is
1: whizzle-wazzle? According to me? According to you. You're asking me about something that I've said and I can't even remember it. Whizzle-wazzle. Whizzle-wazzle. I refer to something as a whizzle-wazzle. About magpies. About magpies. Oh, got it. I was referring to things that people put on their helmets so ah, they don't get swooped. Ah, of course. Yeah. Correct. The a
0: wazzle I'm so glad it took you half an hour to remember the thing that you said. Yes.
1: <laughs> this podcast should be called Things You Said 10 Minutes Ago. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Two questions left. The scores are pretty close. What are Perth magpies known for? Joe?
2: They are known for having a lot on the side.
0: Yeah, very promiscuous. You know? This, honestly, these scores are so close. This could be for the win. Ooh. According to Sean... What should the correct Collingwood motto be?
3: Oh, man. Go, Joe.
2: Well, I have to have an attempt. It's currently Floriat Pica, but it was Floriat Crapatula. Krapik- yeah, Casta Castorica. It was definitely starting with C, but I wouldn't.
0: i got to be remember. honest. I go for the Geelong Football Club, and if I saw Floriat Crapicus written across the magpie <laughs> <laughs> logo, <laughs> I'd be really happy with that.
2: I'm guessing they'll never go to Crapicus, but. Is that the correct? Is it Craticus? You it know
0: what? <laughs> it's one letter off. We need someone to win this thing. It's Craticus, which is oh, close, close enough. Craticus. So based on that answer, well, that kind of answer, <laughs> you've actually won. You have oh. won. There will be a test, Joe Stanley. That that is a miracle, <laughs> nerd.
2: Craticus. I, I, well, by that, I've just done. I've studied three courses in one tonight, and consider myself a doctorate in all three. I
3: think okay. I'm going to train now and bore people with my facts. But I'll mesh them up. Do you know magpies are like in the Hadron Collider <laughs> with They Speak Pirate? <laughs> well, guys, thank
0: you so much for joining us. Nate Valvo, I really do appreciate thank it. Thank you. Joe Stanley. Thank you. And, of course, Dave O'Neill. I was here. Any podcast you want to plug at this point in time,
3: Dave? I, I do a podcast called Somehow Related with Glenn Robbins. Have a listen. And my other one's a debrief, which is uh, in a car.
2: Uh, yeah, I have an upcoming podcast called Best View, and it's a mindfulness podcast oh, using yeah. interviews with elite athletes such as Scott McLaughlin, IndyCar driver, and um, football players, and various other people, with Emma Murray, who's the mindfulness coach at the Richmond Footy Club. Oh, that's mm. very cool. Yeah.
1: I absolutely. don't do any podcasts, I just listen to them. So <laughs> come see me live if you're listening. Nathan Belvo, <laughs> Nathan Belvo gigs. Come along.
0: Any podcast you want to recommend then? (laughs)
1: This one. Of course. Very good.
0: He knows what side his bread's buttered on. (laughs) And I'd also like to thank our experts, Dr. Susie Sheehy, telling us all about particle acceleration. My head's still hurting from that. Professor Kate Burridge talking all poigret language, and of course Sean Dooley telling us all about the Australian magpie. We look forward to joining you next time on There Will Be a Test. Hi, me again. If you like the show, we'd love a good review. If you didn't, well, then why the hell are you still listening? Otherwise, you can go to the Facebook page and leave us a message. Our experts can be heard, seen or read at other places. Look out for Kate Burridge's book called For the Love of Language and Susie Sheehy has a book due in 2021. This podcast was produced by Jed Wood with the invaluable assistance of talent coordinator Michael McDermott. We acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we are recording and we pay respects to elders both past, present and emerging. Thanks for listening. I'm your host, Dave Thornton, and catch you next time where there will be a test.
3: G'day, Jed Wood here. I'm the producer of this podcast. Just a quick message to let you know about our GoFundMe campaign. We really love making the show and we do it as economically as possible, but there are some costs that are simply unavoidable. So if you've enjoyed the show and would like to contribute to help us pay the bills, we'd really appreciate it. Go to GoFundMe.com and search for There Will Be a Test. Thanks so much, and we hope you enjoyed the show.